destroying that sin, man, flinging that sin, you see. And, and, and it means to bemoan it, you see, to be sorry about that sin. But then not even to stop there. He says, uh, whoso confesseth and forsake it then. The word forsake means exactly what it means. <laughs> to forsake, you see. And to turn loose something, to, to relinquish it, to give it up, to leave it, you see. And, and, and again, I think so often, listen to me, and we think that, that, that dealing with our sin means to kind of glibly, you know, come to the altar and say a few words and then go back with no intention of leaving that sin. I want to tell you something tonight, friends. If, if you're not willing to turn away from that sin, then you haven't dealt with it in a biblical way. See? How are you dealing with sin in your life? Are you trying to cover it up, man, put a little paint on it, you know, whitewash it over, man? Boy, we, you know, and, and it's amazing to me that, that as Christians, boy, as, as, as Bible believers that, you know, we say we are, boy, we learn how to, man, just, just talk the talk and, and, and look just right and act just right and, and just kind of paint over the sin, huh, and not really deal with it in a biblical way. You know, you know, it kind of makes me think about, you know, when, when, when something's rusty. You ever try to paint over rust? Boy, it looks good for a while, doesn't it? Man, that, that old ugly, crusty, brown rust, man, it's all nasty looking. Boy, when you're taking, you spray some paint over it or you put, you know, you brush some paint over it. Boy, you stand back and say, man, I took care of that. But you know very well that it's not too long that it leaks right back through, doesn't it? Starts to bubble up again, starts to build up again. Why? Because you haven't dealt with it, you see. You just tried to paint over it. You just tried to camouflage it. You just tried to hide it and not, and, and, and not deal with it and not root it out, you see, and get rid of it. And, and listen, uh, boy, that little paint doesn't solve the problem. Just a temporary fix, you see. It's the same way in our lives with sin. Listen, dealing biblically with our sin, friends, is more than just a little temporary fix, you see. Man, it's getting to the root of the problem, getting deep down in and saying, God, this is the sin. This is the area that needs to be dealt with and dealing with that sin to the extent that we're willing to leave that sin, you see. Huh? I want to deal with just a couple of things tonight. I want to look at a couple of things tonight concerning dealing biblically with our sin. Because I believe we're not going to see revival until we deal biblically with sin. Now we can talk about it and preach about it and sing about it and all of that. But, but listen to me, unless we're willing to deal with the sin issue, it's not going to be any revival. See, Let's look at first of all the fact that we need to recognize sin in our lives. We need to recognize sin in our lives. Now, what does that mean? Listen to me. If we're not careful, we can become what I call desensitized to the awfulness of sin. Say, how can we do that? Well, because of our constant contact with it. Listen to me. And you drive down the highway, man, uh, and, you know, just the, just the billboards is just sin, you see. Boy, you turn on that that uh, uh, television, and and boy, you know the cussing and the filth and the adultery and and all of that, and then the the perversion and the sodomy and all of that. And, and listen to me, 
You see that and, and you hear that over and over and over again. And, and, and listen, it gets you to the point where sin's just not so bad. Huh? And sin's not so awful. Now listen to me. Sin is as awful now to God as it's, as it's, as it's always been. The problem is that in the lives of Christians, and we see it and we hear it so much that it just doesn't bother us anymore. It doesn't seem as sinful as it really is. You know, I, I, I think about that. I think about my wife. My wife works. She started working in a nursing home. And I remember when she first started working in that nursing home, man, she came home and was telling me all kind of things that really, man, just kind of turned her stomach, you know. She said, I said, look, don't, I don't even want to hear it. Please, I don't, don't tell me about it. But you know what? She, she's been working there almost a year. And, and many of the things that, that uh, were, were so bad to her when she first went there don't even bother her now. You say, what happened? She saw it over and over. She worked around it over and over until now it, it, it just doesn't bother. You know, it's amazing. If, if you've ha- ever had an a operation or something where, where they didn't put you to sleep, <laughs> it's amazing what, what, what the surgeons talk about while they cut you open. And those guys are telling jokes and they're talking about lunch and all the time they're taking your gizzard out. <laughs> and you think, how in the world could a guy be, be you know, cutting on someone and, and doing all that stuff and be telling jokes and talking about going golfing and, and uh, talking about what they're going to eat for lunch? It's because they've done it so many times that it doesn't bother them anymore. And I'm saying tonight, friends, that if we're not careful, our constant contact with, 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 with things that are, are displeasing to God, with, with things that are sinful, will in turn make us also uh, 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 get to a place where we're not sin, uh, sensitive to the awfulness of sin. Huh? You know, huh. sin goes further than what we sometimes even, even think it is in our own mind. I think many Christians have, have this idea that, boy, I've got this list of several things that, that, that are really bad, and I don't do those things, so, boy, I'm all right. When the truth of the matter is, sin goes much deeper than that. Huh? Let's look at some verses here, some references to sin, because I think it's important, I know it's important, that we once again understand the awful wickedness of sin. Look at 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 17. Let's see what the Bible says about sin. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 17, let's see what the Bible says there. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 17. And the Bible says there's simply all unrighteousness is sin. Amen. And there is a sin not unto death. Now, what is God's sin? Very simply, if it's not righteous, then it's sin. Huh? If it's not righteous, then, then listen to me. God says all unrighteousness is sin. Say, Brother McCoy, how can I know if something is sinful or not? Well, ask yourself, is it righteous? Is it right in God's sight, you see? Would God be pleased with this? Would God be pleased with this uh, place? Would God be pleased with this action? Would God be pleased with this attitude? Because all unrighteousness is sin, see? 
Or it'd be easy for me to say, man, uh, drinking beer is sin or smoking cigarettes or, 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 you know, adultery. Man, we know those things are sin, but I'm saying there's things in our lives and there's things that we allow in our lives that are so unrighteous and yet we let it pass, you see. Huh? Look at uh, Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 takes it a step further. And uh, we find that not only is all unrighteousness sin, but in Romans chapter 14, look at verse number 22. Romans chapter 14 in verse number 22. And the Bible says, Has thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And look at verse 23. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Because he eateth not of faith. Now watch this. For whatsoever is not of faith, it's sin. Huh? Now think about that for a moment. How many Christians, man, boy, you know, man, they sit back smuggling. They say, well, man, I don't do this and that and this and that. But listen to me. They don't have faith in God. And the Bible says that's sin. Man, we doubt God, we doubt his power, we doubt his ability. And, and listen, when we say we don't have sin, huh? hey, listen to me, friend. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I'm saying that there are Christians who don't have faith in God. And they can't believe God for nothing. Let me ask you something. What do you believe in God for tonight? <laughs> huh? I was in a service, something like this once, and, and, and a preacher was preaching and asked that question. What do you believe in God for tonight? And I sat there thinking, man, I'm not really believing God for anything. Man, what am I uh, expecting God to do? What is it that I have a hold to, uh, uh, to God by faith that he might do in my life? And I couldn't think of one thing, friend. What do you believe in God for tonight? What is it that you're holding on to God for tonight? What is it that you're looking to God to do what only he can do for? That's faith, my friend. And I'm telling you, we've got a bunch of faithless Christians. And that's sin. Amen. Because whatsoever is not, is not a faith, it's sin. Do you have faith tonight? Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Huh? Do you have faith tonight? Huh? And an omnipotent God, and a God, my friend, that can do more than we can ask or think. Do you have faith in God? Faith. Now that it's sin. Huh? <laughs> Look at James chapter 4. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about sin, and I don't have time to go to all the different passages, but, but God's got some very specific things to say about sin. Look at James chapter 4. Verse number 16, I begin reading, it says, But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Look at verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Now what is God saying? Listen, sin is not only the things that we know that are wrong that we do, Watch me now. Sin comes into play when there are things, good things, right things uh, that we ought to do that we don't do. Amen. 
Now think about this for a second. Man, I know that I'm supposed to get up and go to church, be there for Sunday school, Sunday morning, but I decide that I'm going to sleep in. You know what I've done? <laughs> I've sinned against God. Why? Because I know to do good and I don't do it, you see? Man, I know I'm supposed to be out here for soul winning on Saturday, whatever day it is, and I decide, man, I want to go shopping. I just want to fool around today, and I don't come out for soul winning. Listen to me. I know that I'm supposed to do it, and I don't do it. God says I've sinned. Uh-uh. And I know I'm supposed to take my checkbook or whatever and write that tithing and offering check out, boy. But I say, man, you know, I could really use this money for something else. Listen, I knew to do good and I didn't do it. And listen, God says it is sin. I'm saying that there's a, that there's a myriad of things that we ought to be doing that we're not doing that the Bible says it's sin because we know that we ought to do it. Huh? That, 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 that goes a little further than smoking cigarettes on it. Yeah, amen. Are you doing the things that you know that you ought to be doing? Man, I know I'm supposed to pray. Man, alive, I know I'm supposed to pray for Brother Hoover. I'm supposed to pray for this brother or pray for this knee. And I just decide, man, I'm just going to bed. I'm not going to pray. Or I'm just going to stay in the bed. I'm not going to get up and pray. You know what? I've sinned against God. Huh? Boy, there's a whole host of things. Not doing what we know we ought to do is sin. Look at 1 John chapter 3. I think before we deal biblically, look at dealing biblically with our sin, I think we need to go back and look again at what sin is. It's more than just that list of five or six things, friend. 1 John chapter 3, look at what the Bible says there. And verse number 4. Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And what is God saying? Man, we break God's law, we've sinned. Huh? And I'm not going to go and, 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 and read, uh, you know, man, you know, you know, some people say, well, you know, what are you talking about? The Ten Commandments? Well, you know what? There are hundreds of commandments in the Bible. Amen? Much further than thou shalt not steal, or thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, or his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. Listen to me, friends. Uh, 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 thou shalt not uh, have any God before God. I'm saying we break his commandments over and over and over. Huh? We've said. Sin is we break God's law. Now listen, there are many other passages, again, that refer to sin. Now you don't have to turn to it, but Proverbs 10 and verse 19, listen to this. It says, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. That was I said. Well, some of us just run our mouths boy, and run our mouths so much, boy, you know, we, we, we get to sinning against God. Proverbs 14, 21, listen to this. It says, he that despises his neighbor sinneth. Huh? Oh, you got that old neighbor and you boy, and you say, I can't stand her. Hey, I'm not just talking about the neighbor that lives on your block. I'm talking about the neighbor that sits across from you in church. I can't stand her. Man, I can't stand him. You know what? You're sinning against God. Huh? Proverbs 24 and verse 9. Listen to this. The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. 
say, well, I didn't do it, Brother McCoy. I, I, I was just, you know, but, but I was thinking about doing it. Well, you're sinning against God. Amen. You guys look up this way. Amen. Come on. Here I am. God, great, man. I just think we need to understand again what sin is. In James chapter 2 and verse 9, notice this. The Bible says, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. Wasn't it amazing sometimes? Or some 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 big shot comes in our church, boy, we make all over them, you know. I'm not saying this church, but some churches. Amen. Maybe in this church, I don't know. But some little shot comes in. And I want to tell you something, that's sin. We are not to have respect of persons. God says it's sin, amen. It's sin. Now listen to me, friends. We need to go over our lives and, 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 and say, oh, God, show me the sin in my life. Because I want to tell you something. It is not a matter that we don't have sin. I think it's a matter that we don't recognize sin in our lives. Huh? Again, the TVs, the movies. The videos, the, the magazine, just about everything you pick up. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to read a newspaper. I think there's some sinful things in, in much of the reading material and, and different things. But I'm saying that these things have a dulling effect upon our lives. Huh? And all of a sudden, we think we're all right. But God knows better. We need to recognize sin in our lives. And there's a second thing I want to look at tonight. The Bible says that, that if we're going to prosper, we need to confess our sin. Turn, turn again to Proverbs chapter 28 if you don't have that. In Proverbs 28, in verse number 13, again it says, He that cover this sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Listen, if we're going to deal biblically with our sin, we first recognize the sin in our lives, but secondly, we, we confess our sin. In 1 John 1 9, the Bible says, if we confess our sin, listen to this, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, that's a blessed verse. Praise God, listen to me, we don't have to hang our heads, we don't have to uh, feel all bad, listen, we can, <laughs> God wants to take care of the sin, if we'll let him, if we confess our sin, he says, God is faithful, what does that mean? He'll do it every time, amen? Man, uh, uh, the, the song was played during the, uh, or, during the offering, Great is thy faithfulness. Listen, pardon for sin, friends. God will forgive our sins. He's faithful to do it. But not only that, he's just, you see. And as a holy God, he can justly forgive our sins. You say, how can he do it? Because, he, because Jesus Christ has shed his blood for our sins. And because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, then God can justly forgive us our sin. Why? They were paid for by Jesus on the cross. And so he says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now listen, friends, we need to, again, go over our lives in a very thorough way. David's prayer in, in Psalm 51 was, wash me throughly 
from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. In Lamentations 3 and verse 40, Jeremiah sighs, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Boy, that's what we need to do. Search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. I read about a cancer patient who was being wheeled into the operating room. And just before he, he was taken into the surgery, it taken into surgery there, they'd given him the anesthetic, and he was starting to go under the anesthetic. But he looked up to the doctor and, and looked up to the, to, to the surgeon and said, Doc, please get it all. Please be thorough. And then as I read it, it said that after the operation, a few hours later, as he was recovering in the, in the recovery room, the doctor came in to check on him. And as he was coming, you know, back to consciousness, he looked up to the doctor and said, Doctor, did you get it all? Did you get it all, Doc? Huh? Now listen to me, friends. That, that, that needs to be our attitude towards sin. Man, not, not, you know, can you imagine a cancer patient just, just saying, Boy, you know, just give me a Band-Aid. Huh? Or just, you know, just, just, just give me something to make me feel good, you know. No, he wants the doctor to get it all, see, because he knows that if he doesn't, it'll grow back and it will destroy them. And we need to understand that sin is just that way. Listen, sin is a cancer in our lives. And friends, if we don't deal with it, it will eat and eat and eat until it destroys us completely. Our desire should be for God to deal with all of the sin. In our lives. That's what confession means. God deal with all of it. God take all of it away. And then the Bible says. That if we confess our sins. And forsake them. We'll have mercy. I want us to to, to look at this idea. Forsaking our sin. Again recognizing sin in our lives. Is one thing. Confessing our sin. Boy, that, 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 that's a good start. But friends, we need to complete the cycle. And that is we need to get to the place where we're willing to forsake our sin. And that's what makes the difference. You see, if, if, if we're not willing to forsake the sin, then we will not prosper. We will not be successful. Turn to Second Chronicles, that classic passage on revival in Second Chronicles chapter 7. Look at what the Bible says there in Second Chronicles, chapter. And the Bible says, "If my people, which are called by my name, notice, shall humble themselves and pray." And seek my face. And then he says, and turn from their wicked ways. Huh? Hey, then he says, I will hear from heaven. Not before. And, and, and will forgive their sin and, and will heal their land. Huh? Let me ask you tonight, friend. What, what sin is it that, that you're hanging on to? 
You know, it's amazing that, that many times as Christians, well, we, we will let God deal with just about every sin in our lives except maybe one, you see. And we think, man, I've got to have that sin, you see. Man, everybody's got their sin, man. They're, 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 this person got theirs and that one's theirs. This just happens to be my sin. And God, you can have all the rest of them, God, but not this sin. I want to tell you something, friend. That, that's the one that's going to keep God from blessing your life, you see. We need to forsake it. Remember that forsake means to relinquish. It means to leave it, you see. Huh? Now listen, once we've dealt biblically with our sin, what can we expect? Well, obviously we can expect forgiveness of sins. Amen? Praise God. We can expect to be forgiven from our sin. And listen, we can also expect revival. Look at Acts chapter 19. It's a beautiful passage in Acts chapter 19. And verse number 18. In Acts chapter 19, not only can we expect forgiveness of sins, but I believe that we can expect revival once we have dealt biblically with the sin you see in our lives. In Acts chapter 19 and verse number 18, look what the Bible says. Acts 19 and verse number 18, it says, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Huh? Look at verse 19. Many of them also which used curious arts. In other words, they were involved in the occult and, and black magic and this kind of thing. Brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, now, now listen to me for a second. These people received the word of God. Many of them were saved. Now listen, listen to me, listen to me. Yet they knew that they were involved in, in things that were wicked. And instead of them trying to hide it and say, man, yeah, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to take the Bible. I'm going to take, take the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, man, I'm, I'm going to hide, you know, what I've been doing. No, the Bible says that they, they, they confessed what they had been doing. And they brought all the books together and all the things that they had been using. And, and think about this now. They, they, they added up what all of it cost and it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Now, now someone estimated that, 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 and, and that in, in, as far as our currency is concerned, it'd be about six and a half million dollars worth of merchandise. Now, let me ask you a question. You think those people were serious? Huh? You think those people meant business? Six and a half million dollars. They said, hey, we're going to forsake it. Uh, think about that. And yet it's amazing. Save people, Christian people in our day. Man, they say, boy, I want to serve God. But boy, they don't want to give up that old music they used to listen to. Huh? Man, I want to serve God. They don't want to give up that old crowd they used to hang around. Huh? These people had six and a half million dollars worth of merchandise. And they put a match to it and say, forget this job. I want to live for God. I want the blessing of God upon my life. I want to see God do something in my life. Now, you listen to me, friend. May not be an excited message, but I want to tell you something. 
<laughs> you're saved and you wonder why, boy, it just seems like you, man, it just been, there's a, a, you got a flat tire on your Christian life. Things don't seem to go right. Man, it's just, you just don't have the blessing of God. I'm saying to you tonight, why don't you go over your life and, and, and see where the sin is? See where the thing is that you're hanging on to because I'm telling you, God's not going to let you prosper <laughs> until you deal with it, you see. And I remember I got saved and I, I told the folks here that, that I, I, I had a, ba- a background in rock and roll music and I used to play the guitar and sing in the band and all that kind of stuff. But you know, when I got saved, <laughs> God, God dealt with me immediately that, that that stuff had to go. Well, it was the hardest thing for me to give up. Man, I, I, I gave up a lot of things, but I didn't want to give up. You see, I had a lot of money invested in my guitar and a lot of money invested in my amplifiers and, and all that stuff. But you know what? God was not going to bless my life, friends, until I gave up that stuff. Huh? And boy, when I finally did, it was like it was a struggle. But you know what? God was showing me then that if I was going to hold on to my sin, then I couldn't have his blessings, you see. Uh, boy, I'm glad I gave up that. And, and, and you know what? For 23 years, God's been showing me more. All right, you got rid of that. Now you need to get, you need to deal with this, you see. Huh? Oh, you got rid of that, you see. It's a never-ending thing. You never get to a place where, where you, man, you've arrived, where, boy, that's it, where there's no more. Listen, it's a never-ending thing. We're constantly dealing with sin. We're constantly dealing with the things in our lives that are displeasing to God. You know, at first it's the outward things. Man, the cigarettes went and, and all those things and the guitars. and all. But, but listen, now God's dealing with the attitude of my heart, you see. He's dealing with those things that's not so easily seen. Huh? And it's never ending. These people were willing to give it all up, you see. And what was the result? Look at verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Oh, I believe we can see that in our day. But, but, but listen to me. God needs a people who are willing to sell out. Hello? God never used people that were just half-stepping and fooling around and, and half-in and half-out and hanging on to sin. Whenever God worked in a mighty way, listen, people turned loose of their sin and said, listen, we're going to serve God and we're going to live for God and we're not going to hang on to it anymore, you see? The word of God grew mightily and prevailed. And then we can not only see forgiveness and revival, but we'll see souls saved in a tremendous way. Look at Psalm 51. Psalm 51. Well, someone would ask, why don't we see more souls saved? I believe here's the answer right here. In Psalm 51. Verse number 12. I think it's Psalm 51 in verse number 12. David prays, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Now what had happened to David? You know, he sinned against God. And for a while he thought he could hide it, you see. Boy, he, he, he tried to go on like everything was all right, you see. And then God sent the prophet Nathan to tell him, thou art the man. 
Boy, he realized that, that he didn't get by with his sin. But boy, the thing about David that you have to love is that David didn't get a hard heart and all that. He repented of his sin. He got broken because of his sin. He was crushed, you see, because of his sin. And in this passage, he says, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. But in verse 13, look at what he says. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Huh? Friends, we're not going to see people saved <laughs> when we're walking around with, with sin in our lives that we're not dealing with, when our testimony is hindered, man, when our friends and our loved ones know, man, that, that, that we're saved, you see, but boy, there's things that we're doing that we know we ought not be doing and they know we ought not be doing. Huh? There's things in our lives that we ought to be doing and we're not doing. And you know what? Lost people know, it seems like this. It seems like lost people know more about what we ought to be doing than what we know. Huh? And we wonder why it is we invite them out and, and they don't come. Or we witness to them, you know, and, and, and we're like Lot, you know, we seem as one that mocked. Well, if we, if we had the testimony of Lot, I guess people would mock, wouldn't they? Huh? Oh, we'll see souls saved, friends, when we've got a rock-solid testimony before them. And again, it's not that we're perfect. I, there are no perfect people. Now listen, you can be sincere, and you can be honest and earnest before God, and you can be right with God, amen? That, 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 that's not perfection. But what it means is that when that sin comes, friend, you deal with, you keep short accounts with God, you see? Man, you don't let it linger. You don't try to hide it. You don't play those games. You see, those church games, you deal with that sin. And that's when God begins to bless. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Are you prospering tonight? Huh? He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Now listen, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh him shall have mercy. Praise God, we can have mercy tonight. We got to deal with our sins in a biblical way. Let's bow our heads. Heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Wonder tonight, if you're here and you know you're saved, could you just show it by raising your hand? You say, Brother McCoy, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. I don't have one doubt about it. I know that I'm saved. You can put your hand down. You're here tonight and you say, Brother McCoy, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't claim to be saved. I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I'd like to be. And I ask you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up and I will. I'll include you in on the prayer. Who's like that here tonight? You say, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. Pray for me. Would you hold your hand up? I'll pray for you. Again, nobody's going to embarrass you. I'm not even going to call you out or anything like that. But I would like to pray for you. You're here tonight and you say, pray for me, Brother McCoy. I need to get saved. I need to be born again the Bible way. Who's like that here tonight? You say, pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up and, I, and I'll know to pray for you. God bless you, sir. You can put it down. Who else? Say, pray for me. I need to get saved. You know, I, I, I believe God can help an honest person. I really do. Boy, if we're not honest with God, I don't even think God can help us, you see. We got to be honest. Who else? Quickly, I'm going to close it out in just a minute. But you'd say, pray for me. 
I, I, I don't know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I'd like to know. Pray for me. Who else would just simply slip your hand up if you haven't done so? You'd say, pray for me. I need to get saved. I need Jesus as my Savior. All right, before I close it now, how many of you you're here and you're saved? And you say, you know, <laughs> God spoke to my heart. There's something I'm holding on to. There's something that, man, I just kind of pushed in the, on, on, on the, you know, kind of to the back and just kind of never really dealt with it. Boy, I need to deal with that. I tell you, friend, you'll never, you'll never have God's blessing. You'll never prosper until you deal with it. Could be something as simple as anger. Could be something as simple as just, just some, some thing that grieved the Holy Spirit. And you just kind of forgot about it. God didn't forget about it. You hear that eye and you say, God spoke to my heart. Just slip your hand up quickly. Just, just slip it up. God bless you. Father, I pray you'll bless us tonight. I pray you help us. Those that need to come to the altar, God, I pray they will. I pray, Lord, for the man that raised his hand that needs to be saved. God, I pray that he will come. I pray that he'll get saved and anybody else that needs to get saved, that they'll come forward, not let the opportunity pass. You're such a merciful God, such a forgiving God, and you want to forgive us for Christ's sake. I pray we'll take advantage of your love and your forgiveness tonight. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand our feet, and as Mrs. Hoover begins to play, I'm going to ask you simply, if you need to come to the altar, that you would come. And listen, if you're not saved, you raise your hand and say, boy, I need to get saved. Pastor Hoover is down front, and I'd like you to meet him down here. And I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you to come and let him talk to you about being saved. Would you do that? Just just excuse yourself from where you're sitting and, and come forward and, and say, brother, would you just talk to me about being saved? Would you do that tonight? You say, I need to get saved. Well, nobody can make you get saved. It's got to be of your own will and your own accord. You've got to want it, I guess is what I'm saying. You're here tonight and you say, boy, I need to be saved. Would you come? And you're, you, you, you're a Christian. You need to come to the altar. Some have already come. You come tonight and let God have his way. Would you do that? So simple. Yet the devil would love to cheat you out of your salvation. Would you come? I'm going to sing a stanza of that song. If you know it, you can sing with me. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all I surrender all all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender now she plays through it once. I'm just going to ask you, if you need to come to the altar, that, that you would come. If you're not saved, friend, don't, don't let the opportunity pass you by. I said last night, I think the devil loves for people to get saved as long as they do it some other time. 
as long as it's later and not now. And yet God says, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Oh, friend, if you know you need to be saved, then, then you need to be saved now, not tomorrow or next week. Would you come? Give us a chance to speak with you. Give us a chance to pray with you. That's all we want to do is help you. If you do that, God would bless you for it. Would you do that? Would you do that? Let God have his way. I'm going to ask Pastor Hoover.